This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukaki, your host. The Thiefies are underway, and it's the second day of the festivities. Will Alan and Bryn get the information they need about the Soul Stones from the Guild Mages? Will Quinny and Bobbert be able to foil Reginald's goals at the Thieves' Auction? Will Bobbert just buy a bunch of crap and leave everyone else broke? Find out next on Dom Doms and Dragons. What the fuck is this? Going twice. I, I don't know. Your brother's interested in it. This is what you're here for. You might as well go for it. Uh, a thousand and one! Oh my god, he's price is writing it. I will remind everyone, minimum bid is five hundred. Fifteen hundred! Reginald smirks and kind of looks over your way and says, two thousand. I looked at Quinny. I was about to say pass, but then I paused and realized I should probably look out of the corner of my eye. Can I do any kind of check to think about what a cube of force would do? Roll me a wisdom check. Wisdom. Yeah, because I'm really only bidding based on Quinny's knowledge of this. 19. So, Quinny, what you know about the cube of force, it is about an inch across, and each face has a distinct marking on it that can be pressed. You know that it's the kind of thing that has charges. You're not really sure how to recharge it, because that's kind of beyond your knowledge. But mm-hmm. you've, you've definitely seen these things get used before. Think of like a die, but on each side is like a circle, a triangle, a square, and other such shapes. A fidget cube. Yeah, exactly. If you press one of them, it will cause an effect. You're not entirely certain what these effects are. However, can you roll me a d6, please? A three. Can you roll me one more, please? A five. When you saw it, it was quite some time ago, but you saw it prevented a bunch of guards from coming through a door. Hmm. You've also seen it where it was completely immovable. Nothing could go through it. So it's like a Swiss army knife of magical shit. I've only seen it used once, so I only know one of the things it can do, but it does some pretty insane force field stuff. I think he might have bigger fish to fry. We've drawn him up a thousand. Do you think we could raise him to three? He's just laughing over there to himself. It doesn't seem like it's high stakes for him. 2,500! <laughs> can you roll me a deception check, please? Ten! Reginald kind of shrugs and sort of shoulders back into his chair. And I'm satisfied because I really wanted that. And I just yell, up yours, Reginald! Interesting choice. <laughs> he also goes, okay, going once, going twice, and then suddenly the planteer wearing the fire guard holds up and says, 3,000 to keep it away from Reginald. And there's like muttered chucklings and Reginald just behind the mask you can see is going full red to match his beard. When he puts his hand on Butthole's shoulders like we just got saved. And I just do a really slow clap. You can hear the clank of the gauntlets <laughs> hitting together. <laughs> and uh, Reginald takes a sip Leave of his it. drink and says, don't know what I've done to offend the Forsaken, but it was but a trifle. Besides, what's 3,000 gold to any of us, am I right? Except possibly to the Plantier family. I understand you've, you've come on hard times. And there's some like, oh. And then I yell from the other side of the room, I heard you haven't been hard in a while. <laughs> that subtle political ribbing. <laughs> and I look back at Quinny and I give him like a nod and I'm like, 
opponent plus one. Yeah. And Corey's uh, like, yeah, Reginald, I heard your dad eats dog dicks. <laughs> and Carmine leans out, well, you know, I did spend some money at Shag Nasty's yesterday, and that's what they told me, too. And everyone's like, oh! <laughs> And you're all things like, yes, yes, Reginald apparently has erectile problems. <laughs> His dad's got dog dick breath. That was implied. Thank you. It would seem that the cube of force goes to the torch of Winchester. And everyone's like, oh, yes, yes. Someone comes out with a giant gold platter with a tiny cube on it and gives it to him and he puts money on it. It's all in paper, which again, is just so fucking weird. And uh, he pockets the cube. Quiddy looks at his cash with renewed wonder. This is worth money. <laughs> I thought you were getting conned too. <laughs> a couple more items come out. Again, there's some minor bidding. Carmine doesn't seem to be bidding on anything. The planteers bid on kind of whatever they want. Now that they're pissed off about the money thing, you can see that they're just like buying arbitrary items. So that kind of goes on for a while. And then two very stout dwarves come out just heaving this metal barrel that's on like, you know, the squares with wheels on? Just one of those. Up next, we have a very well stolen apparatus of Qualish. Do I have any <laughs> idea what the apparatus of Qualish is? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to yeah. figure that out too. Quinny, if you could add investigation, I think. 13 for me. And what would I add? History. That's not one I would have picked. Uh, <laughs> five. <laughs> what did you roll? I rolled a six. Oh, shit. <laughs> Bobbert trusts his gut. Not so much his brain. Yeah, neither of you have seen or heard of this thing. I look to Carmine to see if he's reacted in any way. He looks so confused. I look to Merle. Merle looks back to you. And then just keeps eye contact. I keep my eyes locked on hers. 500 gold pieces. 500 from the Forsaken. Another person raises their thing. I'll put in 1,000. And I just keep my eyes locked with Merle. Even I'm not sure what I'm doing, but I'm going to win. 1,500. And she looks at you and she's like, 2,000. Bro, it seems like your brother doesn't even care about this thing. What are you doing? 2,500. <laughs> my eyes are fucking locked. You hear another voice say, oh, um, 6,000 from me. I keep my eyes dead locked on hers and I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Would this make a nice gift for you? Shall I have Emily bid on it for us? You didn't realize it before, but her guard is just Emily. <laughs> Is just like a very unkempt With a stiletto. Like she's got like a yeah, tiny blade. An unkempt, nervous twenty-one-year-old still trying Gotta to do paperwork. Gotta tell you though, Paladin von Strauss does not look as ready to murder as this fucking assistant does. And I say, I wouldn't say no <laughs> if you felt the bid was reasonable. Oh, I don't. Then yes. <laughs> Fine, seventy-five hundred. And then Reginald says, 8,000. And I look at her and I say, let him have it. That would be the most beautiful gift. You're the most beautiful gift. Emily, leave it. <laughs> <laughs> and I look over to Reginald and go, suck on that one, Reginald. I'm confused. Like, Don't we want to buy those things from And he's him? like, I, I will, but it won't be dog dick like my dad. And then he looks around like that's supposed to impress people. And they're all like, no. I look forward to watching you try to suck a 500 pound dick, idiot. <laughs> All right, so the 500-pound dick goes to <laughs> Mr. Unseen Hand. Definitely not Reginald Antebellum. Great. And the two dwarves drag it out. So an amulet comes up. We have, oh, um, the Amulet of Unending Inferno. And you can see the flame robe plantier perk up and uh, immediately put in a bid of 4,000. I look over to the plantier brother, and I just give like a meaningful nod, and then I gesture with one hand open, like, take this, it is yours. Reginald stares at him and says, 10,000. The plantier's like, 20. And you can see Reginald squirm a bit, and he goes quiet. Well, maybe you're not so wealthy, are you, dick face? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, turns to you all's name, and he's like, are there any items available that will immediately kill this asshole? Well, many, but you have to bid like everyone else. <laughs> yeah, but if you kill me, you get kicked out and you don't get your soul back, dumbass. And he starts cursing under his breath. They're all swear words you remember from growing up in a car. And like, you haven't heard a lot of them in a long time. It seems like I'm having a delightful time. But the moment he starts saying those curses, I immediately have like Vietnam era level flashbacks to like me as an eight year old tied to a rack in front of a fire as my mother says those same curse words while whipping me and like pressing hot knives into my back. And it's ultra dark, not okay. And I just sit there and it just goes completely quiet. There's no more fun in this auction. Quinny? 
Quinny doesn't notice any of that, so he's like, yeah, you dick face. <laughs> and Merle looks over. So broken. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> oh, God. The plantier brother manages to win it, and he just kind of immediately puts it over his neck, and you can see him spasm and twitch, and he lets out a choked cry, but then he just kind of relaxes back, and he seems so relaxed. Oh, man, I'm kind of glad we didn't buy that. In my head, I just think, spasm-gasm. He also seems like, all right, if two items left for bid, we have this nude portrait of Lord Neverember, and it's Lord Neverember <laughs> naked in the George Costanza pose. <laughs> on a, like a chaise long, there's just his legs out behind him, and he's got like a hand under his chin. He's looking very coyly at the painter. And for the first time in the entire auction, you hear a voice go, <clears throat> 100,000. Then there's just silence. I have 100,000 from the man who's definitely not Lord Neverember. <laughs> Once. I lean over to Merle and I'm like, this would make a lovely gift. <laughs> she goes, trust me, I've uh, I've seen the real thing. It's not. I feel like we're having a different conversation. <sighs> Fine. I want to buy it. 150,000. Oh. <laughs> and you hear like a... Mm. And you hear him whispering to Nate, how much was in that bridge fund? <laughs> Turns back, 150,500. <laughs> and Merle Streep's like, 200,000. <laughs> and the tall man leaves crying. And Merle goes, well, my love, I'll have that ready for you after the ceremony. And Emily has to carry this giant portrait out. Dude, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Opponent plus two. <laughs> the final item comes up and you're all seeing, like, all right, well, we've all had a very good auction. There's been lots of surprises tonight. Uh, it's very good. Our final item tonight is an old manual. It seems to describe the creation of uh, flesh golems. And everyone's kind of like, yeah, boy, all right. Yeah, another like old shitty magic book. But you see Carmine kind of lean forward. Do I have an opening bid? And Carmine says 2,000. Quinny says 2,500. I'm sorry. We don't take bids from help murder child. <laughs> I was told I could bid. I look at Quinny, and I look to the Jarl Snip or whatever the shit his name is. I don't say it, so I'm fine being confused. 2,500. Oh, I've heard 2,500 for the first time on this bid. Very good. And I looked at Quinny, and I'm like, we can do this. Reginald yeah. says 4,000. I'm out. 5,000. Carmine looks at you with like a look of desperation. He's like, 5,500. And I lean over to Carmine and do like a conspiratorial whisper. I'll share this with you if we can deny it, Reginald, together. That sounds good to me. I don't even know that guy. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, fuck that guy. My fuck him seems like it's fun, but you can't tell from my blurried face, but this is all or nothing now. Reginald says 6,000. 7,000. Carmine raises his arms and he's like, I don't know. But I lower his arms for him. Like, right. And I'm like, how much? How Reginald much, goes, 7,500. How much do you have? I've got 3,000. Why did you say five? Holy shit. I've been bluffing so hard. I was going to grab it and run. I'm a big fan of yours. They took everything from me. Let me do the talking now. It'll pull cash in a minute. Okay. What, what was it the last bit? Uh, 75,000. Or 7,500. <laughs> so I was like, I'm out. <laughs> 8,000. Reginald is mad, but you can see he's kind of like, I don't want this book. You remember Reginald hates reading so much. We all think like going once, going twice. Sold to definitely not the Forsaken. No. I'm trying to keep your anonymity up, sir. That's part of the auction. Oh, the Forsaken thanks you. <laughs> Wherever he is. <laughs> For once, the character in the DM sound the same. <laughs> he brings over a book. It looks like the Evil Dead Necronomicon. Like it's been bound in flesh. <laughs> Super gross, kind of squingy. He hands it to you and Carmine's like, here's my 3,000. Um, can I have it? I put the other five on there and I say, I'll hang on to it and let's go back. There are some other people here who would like to meet you. Wait, is Alan here? Oh, I miss Alan. She's done so much good for me. I would have liked to have seen her here at this auction. Oh, that would have been great, but I feel like we would have bought some stupid crap. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely would have had a trident of fish command. You all start to leave. <laughs> I um, still hate myself. That's why this is all so dark. <laughs> Reginald is watching you as you get up to go. Merle <laughs> puts a hand on your shoulder, leans in. She says, I'll have the portrait waiting above our bed, my love. And then she leaves. Quinny, I got to talk to you in a minute. <laughs> About uh, what? I just got questions. And I look across the room because the plantier, are they still around? Yeah, the brother and sister are still there. Great. I walk across to go talk to the brother and sister. And on the way past Reginald, I give him a nod from like a foot away. And I go, Dick Breath. My dad is named Dick Breath. I'm... Not Reginald. Shut up. And he like storms out. That went well. And I go over to the planteers. I see we may have a mutual foe. Congratulations on your purchase. Why, thank you. And he like is clearly very proud of it. I got this book. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I enjoy books. Who doesn't? So I understand you don't care for Reginald Antebellum. Not at all. The Antebellum family and the Tingler family have been a thorn in our side for quite too long. I completely agree. Fuck those guys. They're all the worst. Truly. Perhaps we could work together to force Reginald to pay a price for his life. Go on. Cut to Alan, you've just learned you've been spending parts of your soul maybe to use magic or that your soul might be in danger when you use magic. How do you respond? So when you say risking your soul. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just simply that the power you're wielding is drawn from several realms, from several places. Surely you didn't think this was just drawn out of the air. No. No. Bryn, did she believe it was simply drawn out of the air? I think she might have. Oh, come on. Bryn. Apparently you got the brains of the children and she got the uncontrollable power. Tell me, Alan, have you ever thought about the potential cost of what you do? Oh, I mean, I've accidentally killed a couple of Well, I mean, what mage amongst us hasn't? (laughs) And everyone's like, oh yeah, (laughs) genocide. That's a little bit upsetting. Don't give it time, Alan. You only left school, what, a year ago? Alan, it's it's not as though your soul is on the chopping block every single time you use magic. Just the forces you tap into are, well, much beyond... The kin of most mortals. Wait, so how do I know if I still have my soul left? Well, you breathed some into a stone, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so you're fine. I'm just warning you to be careful. Do you still have a soul? She just shrugs and like literally looks around and there's a lot of people actively avoiding her eyes. Wait, so what happens if you lose your soul completely? I don't know, Alan. I'm not a lich. Okay, so I'm going to want to keep on to that. Yes, generally yes. keeping your soul is an important thing. I mean, we, we have a couple of resurrectionists on our staff whose jobs are to bring people back from the beyond when they go. And they've had some success and some not. I mean, keeping a token of one's soul is usually a useful way of doing that. Some people put it into objects, some into soul stones. Some people divide their soul into seven and hide it all over the place and have people go on wacky quests to destroy them. Yeah, like Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> and Bowser and Captain Picard. <laughs> okay. I really don't like this. <laughs> well, Alan's working through this. Uh, Bryn, can you please roll me a perception check? <laughs> One. Bryn, your thief instinct is to look around this room and try and figure out what's up. Unfortunately, your spidey sense on massive danger is spiking so hard as you start to realize just how dangerous Alan is. Mm. And I'm going to say based on your one, your perception of her shifts slightly and the kinship that you were feeling, while still true, is tinged with a bit more of the understanding of why mages are put in mage circles, which you certainly read about. And Alan is suddenly seeming less and less like a fun friend to have around and more and more like a ticking time bomb. Okay. You can tell that Milos is about ready to get back to work. On her own stuff? She has important shit to do other than just answer questions all day. (laughs) Right. Well, given I really didn't want to come here and my only purpose was to find out information about the soul stones and they clearly have nothing. Oh, well, that could have been a lie. Do you want to roll me a perception check? Yes, I will. Not 20. Alan, you get the sense that Miles has been pretty honest with you about what she can be, and she's talked about some kind of general things about magic. You get the sense there's a ton of shit she isn't telling you. Yeah. You're not sure if that's about soul stones or not. However, as you're kind of looking at her and looking around the room, you notice that uh, one of the mages is moving in a very almost balletic way while looking at one of the scrying pools. As soon as you notice it, you clock it, but you look back to Milo's. You can just kind of watch out of your periphery, and what you can kind of see is what the mage is doing is being mirrored by something through the scrying pool. You can't see what's in the scrying pool, but you can see that there's a, a motion that is following. Listen, I'm sorry. I'm very busy. But uh, honestly, I hope you join the guild. I'd be happy to train you further because, you know, we value people like you, like us. And I'd hate to see you end up in the mage's circle locked away from everyone. Uh, you should be out here doing good work with us. Do you mind if I just hang out? I know you got, like, stuff to do. Yeah, I kind of do, though. We we need okay. to get back to work. And okay. uh, you seem very nice, but bring your daughter to work days and for another few months. So, so- Bryn, if you could take your dad's latest cast off and um, <gasps> you bastards could go, that would just really I, I, help I've me I've learned out. pretty much all I need to learn. And Wizard fight. Not fight. <laughs> Wizard <laughs> fight. Wizard <laughs> fight. Oh, don't lose your soul. 
maybe don't fight. <laughs> and I clock the exact location of that mirror as I'm going out. Okay. So we leave. Bryn, uh, you look like you have something to say. Screw you, Milos. It's my lo- ah, every time. Did the mage just sleep? <laughs> <laughs> All right, cut to um, the Forsaken. You are approaching the Planteers. So I've said my hello. Yep. I imagine we fast forwarded a little bit through like small talk where none of us really talk about what we want and we slowly shift away from the group like Peter Baelish. But I'm imagining we're, we're near one of those Jedi windows in the Jedi Council Hall 100%. where no one can hear us. Uh, and I've got Quinny with me and Death Wolf. And I say, I know our goals in this world are more closely aligned than you may have imagined. Which is why I have a proposition for you. And uh, <laughs> Laura is horrified oh. by my bane to call Wilkinson shit. <laughs> also, it was like the song speak. Yeah, yeah, I hate that he does that too. <laughs> so uh, a proposition. You can tell that the woman in the stone armor doesn't seem to be much of a talker. She's the one who's like pensively looking out the window. The guy in the Jafar robe is the one who's like walking around doing the Peter Baelish like, ah, oh, yes, well... Uh, says, okay, so you have a proposition for me, do you? Uh, the Forsaken. Yes, well, if I can scratch your back, you can... I'm not good with metaphors. It's um, fine, I have people who do that for me. Excellent. So, would you be interested, if I could guarantee the death of Reginald Antebellum, and all of us were to receive our soul stones and exit tomorrow after the Thiefies? That would be a beneficial agreement. Wouldn't you agree, sister? And she's just like, mm. wouldn't you agree, murder child? Yes. What are you doing? Shut up. Okay, so <laughs> risk may be required on all of our parts, but I feel like knowing we're aristocratic sociopaths, we can all focus on the same More goal. More like aristocrats, am I right? Yes, you are. Did he just say aristocrats? Aristocrats. Oh, a risk. My only requirement would be that I am the one to kill Reginald. Any tingler or antebellum put in the ground is a good start. Excellent. I will send you a missive this evening. A message would be fine. They mean the same thing, actually. It took me five years to figure that out. You've passed the first test. And so have you. What is happening? We shall await your missive. Uh, shan't we, sister? And she goes, mm. Shan't we, murder child? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. I look forward to our communal goal and our new alliance. I must ask, though, uh, what issue have you with the Antebellum Tingler clan? I cannot sleep until they are dead. I like this guy. Oh, this is magical. <laughs> Until tomorrow, and until our dreams come true. Uh, and I turn and walk to the elevator, and I, like, wave at Carmine. And I'm like, come on. When he just stands there, looking at them both, like, so what's your guys' deal? No, 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 quit. Uh, murder child, you, you should come too. All right, bye. <laughs> Quinny, can you roll me a perception check? 14. Over the course of this, like, you feel like you missed something. Yeah, I'll say. But as a good sidekick, you turn and follow the Forsaken into the elevator. Hold the elevator. Oh, uh, door open. I just say aloud, hoping it'll work. <laughs> I mean, it does, but you don't feel like it has anything to do with you saying it. <laughs> Which means I decide that it worked because I said it. <laughs> Magical. Uh, what you don't see is Death Wolf has his paw jammed in the door and is actively holding back a yelp of pain by keeping the door open. But Murder Child enters and uh, the three of you descend. What are you doing up there, man? What are you talking about? We don't know how we can... No, I have a plan. I figured it out when I was bidding poorly. (laughs) We don't know how we're going to get to the Soul Stones yet, and you say we can commit murder without any reprisals? I can't guarantee this all works out, but I got a good idea. You're going to like my idea. You're making deals with very powerful people saying you can do things you don't know you can do yet. Listen, I could kill Reginald. Have you seen that guy? Did you see the guy with the amulet of a thousand infernos or whatever the fuck? Well, that's why I teamed up with him. And now you're lying to him, potentially? Well, no, I told the truth. If everything goes my way. He doesn't know that part. You don't say that part. That's not how it works when you're rich. Bing! You arrive down at the ground floor and uh, you quickly make your way back to the room. You arrive on the wild card floor to find Alan Bryn. Larry is sweeping up a glass. Goldtooth is snoring loudly in one of the rooms. You quickly fill each other in on... So we're all caught up. So what'd you get? I take out the book. Well, technically... Oh, I don't have to do the voice anymore. This is liberating. (laughs) Uh, So technically, half of this is Carmine. So if you want to, like, copy it, 
then we could give him a copy or something. I imagine you want the over here. Just and I give her like the book of how to make flesh golems. Is there anything interesting? I mean, it's a book about how to make flesh golems. This isn't really magic you deal with. Yeah. Also, Carmine's here. Hey, Carmine. Well, not literally. What you doing here? here? Just, he's sorry. Oh. He's, oh, he didn't come with you. Yeah. I mean, I asked him to, and then he yeah. didn't make the elevator. Okay. So my bad. <laughs> he said he was looking forward to seeing you, though. Okay. So I got two things. I think I've solved all of our problems, <laughs> and I figured out how the heist can work. Also, I sort of allied us with incredibly powerful, vengeful, aristocratic wizards by making promises, but we'll keep them. He Don't has worry. Potentially given us really big problems as well. But most importantly, this is my primary concern. Quinny, how do I have sex with a woman? What do you mean? I mean, you've got a rockin' body, so you've used it. I know. I look you in the eyes, and I'm like, that dude slays. Yeah, I'm not denying that at all. So you ask me, how do I have sex with a woman? Are you implying you've had sex with men? Because there's not a lot of difference as far as I can tell. Let's just, it's not true, but let's pretend I haven't had sex with anything. All right. You gotta, well, it's, this isn't just like... Larry kicks his shadow puppets to you and then just like <laughs> mops up the glass and leaves. Larry is one of the few goblins who has literal shadow puppets. He doesn't just make them with his hands. He has a collection of them. They move. It's it's elaborate and I was impressed. Sounds terrifying. I'm kind of standing with like my arms folded and my shoulders like really high, like super uncomfortable. Okay, maybe we should have this conversation somewhere else. So we'll come back to this? Sure. Okay. I don't want to just take over the room. Does anybody else know how we're going to do all our thieving tomorrow or do you want to hear my pitch? Alan, did you get any intel on those soul stones? Because I'm still like, I fucking hate I mean, magic shit. There's something weird going on in the basement, Lone North Tower. I don't, I don't freaking know, but I want to go check it out. They might know about the soul stones, those mages. Man, we I got one more day. I've pulled out like a lounge chair and I've got my hands behind my head basking in my own glory. And I'm just waiting for somebody to ask. Would you 20? say you have one day more? Yes. One, one more dawn? Possibly for yeah. some kind of destiny. I'd like to hear Bobbert's plan. Uh, hey. Oh, fine. Quinny, do you have a plan? Uh, <laughs> no. Exactly. This episode is sponsored by Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective mind. But now we sell t-shirts and hoodies and water bottles and a ton of amazing products, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It is 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Honestly, we tried to do merchandise for years, either to make things that were high quality, to make things that we could ship easily, to make things shippable in multiple markets. We just could not find that answer until we found Shopify. Once we got set up with them, it has been a breeze. Money transfers, no problem. Payments converted, it makes it so easy. I don't have to do anything manual. None of our team does to be able to provide high, high quality merch. Shopify gave us the control to be able to make our business even more successful and can do that for you because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify, and yours should too. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums, D-U-M-B D-U-M-B-S now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's the way you get to hear this. The hosts of Dum Dums and Dragons are 420 friendly all year round, which is why we are excited to have IndiCloud back as a sponsor. As IndiCloud gets ready for summer, they're rolling out a new product, Dinksickles. <laughs> 
It's got a great name, and I've never seen anything like this before. A summertime popsicle with 20 milligrams of cannabis. These bad boys come in wild cherry and blue race flavors, and you can mix and match with a pack of five or go with your flavor of choice. Danksicles are strong enough to share, but mellow enough to take to your next beach day or vacation. And unlike your sketchy neighborhood shop or dealer, IndiCloud gives you savings on every single order. It could be through their gold rewards program, their subscribe and save deals, or our special promo code just for Dum Dums and Dragons listeners. So please, right now, get 30% off your purchase. Head to indicloud.co slash dumdums to get 30% off your first order. And tell them that Dum Dums and Dragons sent you. That's I-N-D-A-C-L-O-U-D dot C-O, not com, C-O, slash dumdums, D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-S, to get 30% off your first order. And let us know how the dank sickles are. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices, if people were outside of the U.S., were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Robert, you have the floor. All right. So this is elaborate, but I think it's good. Step one. Alan, you got to make that fake soul stone, and Quinny goes and drops it down a tube so we find out where the soul stones are located. Then, to create chaos, Bryn, I got a lot of magic beans. We got to take one of these magic beans, and we, like, tie it in a bag surrounded with earth that's a little bit loose so water will get in, but gradually... Then you have to use Larry, maybe Annan, the staff. We got to get that down to the basement and drop it in the scrying pool right to next to security. Because when that goes off, boom, everything goes crazy and security's distracted. So the beans explode? The beans have done two things so far. Explode out of the earth as a tree and ruin a courtroom. Or explode out of a squid as a geyser, a bunch of tasty drinks. Yeah, so I don't really know what happens, <laughs> but it's going to be distracting. Okay, so Quinny, you and Casablanca are, are going to be on Team Soulstone Heist. So once we find out where they are, we know this might be interdimensional. That's why we teamed up with the Planteers, because I'm betting one of them could get you in and out of the magic room, and then you guys can get the Soul Stones back. Then, just a second, I had to write this plan down. <laughs> Alan. We need to steal a thiefy. Who's winning the thiefy? Merle Streep. Who wants to bone this dude? Merle Streep. Now, Quinny, you might be able to teach me how to be great at intercourse, but you also uh. might not. 
Alan, I need your help with this one. What you're going to do, I'm hoping, this one's a reach, but you made that mind palace where we murdered a giant whale. I was thinking, what if you make another mind palace, but you make a mind palace that looks just like Merle Streep's room, and you put us both in that mind and you turn us both, we think we're real, but you turn us into the shadow puppets because I know what to do as a shadow puppet. So, so I, sh- so- let me finish. I shadow puppet <laughs> Merle Streep and she thinks the sex is banging. Bryn, who's already dropped the stuff in the basement, she dropped the bean. That's fine. That's on a time delay. She sneaks in while I'm banging Merle Streep <laughs> inside the mind palace and she steals the thiefy. You're going to have sex in my mind as a shadow puppet. I'm glad you're following. So on top of that, the second plant here, the scary one with the murder fire necklace, we need to deal with all of the unseen hand who are protecting Reginald. So we set up a duel where I say I'm here because he clearly did not know I was his brother. I got some mixed messages there. We set up a duel. So the plant here goes up against all the unseen hand guys when the security thing explodes and they just murder each other. So Reginald's by himself. We wake Merle Streep up in the room and her thiefy's gone. And she goes, oh, who took my thiefy? That's so bad. And I'm there. And because I'm the forsaken, I swear vengeance that I'll kill whoever did it. And she'll be like, oh, what about the soul? And I'm like, you're my soul, baby. Uh, And then I leave to go murder Reginald. And then when I go to Reginald's room, (laughs) I knock him out and I dress him up as the forsaken. And I leave him there, and I dress up as Reginald, and then we go up to his airship, and we all leave on the Unseen Hand airship because I'm Reginald, and you guys all have Unseen Hand buttons. And we got the thiefy, we get our soul stones back, the planteers are happy, Reginald loses his soul and probably gets murdered. Fucking check marks! The Unseen Hand's ship is too big for us to crew, and I've also disabled its steering mechanism. Then we go up, and when that one doesn't work, I'm like, I'm Reginald, I'm a dickhead. And then, I don't know, we just murder everybody on another one and take it. That's more what I was thinking. There's smaller ones that we can take. Can I just throw one wrench into that plan? Was the thiefy being given back to Merle? The pain is that it's gone before she gets it. You don't want to walk into a room and take it literally out of her hand and have her wake up to find it's gone? I want her to be embarrassed in front of the entire Thieves Guild. So what if Annan brings one of the speed portrait artists and you go into the room and you take it out of her hand and the speed portrait artist draws you (laughs) taking it out of her sleeping hand and we make t-shirts and we fire those out of t-shirt cannons just as we leave off the airship so it'll just the resort's just going to be all t-shirts of you stealing a thiefy alan can i offer you a devil's bargain yes please there's something that's tugging at the edge of your mind that you've observed it's one of those thoughts that's just gently outside your grasp You feel like if you just concentrated hard enough, you might be able to grasp it. But you sense there might be an unforeseen cost to doing so. You don't know what that cost is, but it will be nothing immediate. Do you attempt to reach for the thought or do you let it go? And I have no sense what this is related to. If you're putting in visual terms, you can almost see something just beyond a door that's about to close. You feel like you might be able to reach it if you stretch through the door, but the door might also close on you. You're also not sure what will happen if the door closes. This is really hard. (laughs) Devil's bargains should be. We can come back to you. Um, Alan's heard the plan. There's something about the plan that sparked something in No, I need to know. Damn. Okay. If the lives of my friends are at risk, I need to know. Oh, fuck. I don't think I'm going to have a soul. You were born without a soul. (laughs) You merely adopted it? (laughs) Yes. I just stole it from all the goblins I killed. So, Alan, your brain has been turning over and over and over and over what you saw in the basement. Just desperately trying to figure out what that mage was doing that you saw. By forcing yourself, you almost feel a click within yourself as you do so. Mm -hmm. It's not entirely pleasant. It's not entirely unpleasant. It's just like an, oh, You realize that it looked like the mage you observed was shaping something. And based on your knowledge of what Bryn has told you about the way that the Oasis works, you begin to wonder if perhaps the mage was helping to shape the Oasis itself. Back to the plan. Right now, we don't really have a specific job for like Goldtooth and Carmine. So if you've ever seen the traveling play heist impossible my favorite actor when i saw the tour was ving rames he's a very squat orc fighter and what he does is he sort of like sits in the middle of things and keeps track of what everybody's doing and he like gives advice so maybe Annan could hook us up with some like thaumaturgical cell phones so we could check in between all the teams and i mean carmine pretty nervous in the field but carmine brilliant mind who would have thought taking a hat turning it upside down put him at the middle of the spider web <laughs> look 
We've got a handbook to make flesh golems, which I'm assuming we can use to make body doubles. That could make a lot of this easier for us. Alan, you're on roll me a arcana check on that? Yeah. I'm making some big assumptions about how flesh golems uh, work. but 11. You need a bunch of body parts to make those flesh golems. Do we have a lot of, you know, is dead like, corpses at our disposal? Well, what is it? Like one corpse equals one golem? You've never made a flesh golem, I, Alan. You're, you're just guessing. I don't know, but sounds about right. Okay, so I is look it, at Larry. No. What? No. I didn't say anything. <laughs> Quinny, you think real loud. Is uh, The rest of the room knows. I'm going to be honest. The only way we'd get that many bodies is for us to spend the entire night making friends on the casino floor being like, hey, do you want to go outside? And then we just murder them outside and bring the body parts back in in a bag. I think that's dark even for us. Jeez, I thought he was the Forsaken, but okay. I already pitched teaming up with my greatest enemies to murder my brother. You want to go darker by trying to build zombie people? I'm, I am I don't know. How many do you think it could build, Alan? Snarf! <laughs> the, Snarf! The flesh golem thing is, is dead. Whole point why I brought you guys along was to stick it to Merle. Is there any way we can magic you into looking like Merle so that you accept the award? I will gently remind you that there is a law firm on site that will be carrying the envelopes that have the names in them for who accepts the award. They are Sneed, Snyder, and Sneed, the famous gnomish lawyer firm. You haven't had any interactions with them. They likely won't show up until tomorrow, but you are aware of their presence. And Bryn, I think you've probably had to help them get settled once or twice. It'd be a matter of just switching Switching the envelopes. Yeah. I'd be into that. Solved a lot of our problems, actually. It would. Jesus Christ. You realize the planters expect us to work with them to kill Reginald or the murderers, well, right? Well, I didn't make that promise, did I? <laughs> no, and I didn't agree to the new plan where we just change a letter. I No one explained to me the lawyer bit. It's still... You also have no information on these lawyers. So yeah. It's not a viable See? option, just an option. <laughs> See? Shadow Puppet fucking is still a go. <laughs> Listen, I'd be totally up for helping you kill your brother. Yeah, the but whole unseen hand thing, I'm definitely down with. Well, it seems that... I know a bit about these lawyers that I might be able to get my way to them, or at least Chaz might know something. He owes us a little bit for getting him so much money. Can you roll me a perception check, please? 18. 18. You know that the lawyers are a part of it. You're not sure that just switching an envelope would be enough, largely because you know that Avalon Riker is the host. Here's a question, Bryn. I, I've seen some award ceremonies before. I mean, I went to the, the clericies once. <laughs> <laughs> Coming season three. Clarity. But like, uh. they've got the host who's like the MC. And I mean, I saw the Oscars named for the famous garbage troll who uh, judges acting. They had the host who ran the show, but they had individual presenters who presented the awards. They came out and were like, this person's great, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I'm the best-selling T-shirt guy in the history of T-shirts. I'm the champion. Could we get me to be the one to announce the award? And then I just open an envelope, and I'm like, Bryn! And then we just fucking nailed it. Do you think you could convince my dad to not have that honor? How much do you think it would cost? I don't think he needs money. It would likely be a debt to him. Let's say... I have just come into a naked painting of Lord Neverember that Lord Neverember desperately would like to own. We could offer the painting to your dad, who could then demand a pretty serious favor from Lord Neverember. I mean, literally, he came in and offered, I think, 150,000 gold and then was so mad he stormed out of the auction when I got it because I, I may have been promised it as a gift from Merle. That might work. However, she does still have the painting right now. So you got to go see her. So if you go see her tonight, you got to get the painting. From you her. can get the painting. But I don't, I feel I, I got to distract her somehow. And I, I don't know how to fuck. You're going to have sex <laughs> inside my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you? She won't be able to call it a palace afterwards. It's no, you can. It's, 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 it's a fuck palace. It's my mindscape. <laughs> Secretly, Bryn is pricing out how much it would cost to open a shag nasties inside, inside Alan's mind. <laughs> I'm literally like thinking, like, can I close my eyes inside my own mindscape? I don't think I can. Oh, here's a question. Because it's my mind. Listen, I don't know that much about mindscapes, but could you imagine like two rooms with a door and you just close that door? I mean, can you turn off the lights? And then I'll put you in my mindscape so it's dark. No one has to see anything. Listen, I don't want to be a problem here. And but then, shadow puppets don't work in the dark. 
I need a I'm lot of saying, light. I'm just saying, if it's dark, do you need to be shadow puppets? You're just going to put me in a room where now I'm blind and expected to fuck. This is not going to go. I don't know how to fuck normal. If I could see, I would have better chances. Still poor. I may have a solution. I know a brothel's not your thing, but I've seen what goes on in brothels. And maybe if I bring you into my mindscape now, you can get a look at exactly what goes on for real. Without the moral objections to being in a brothel. It's sort of like I'm learning it from you. You're learning it from... From you. Yes, from sure. Yes. yes. Great. Say yes. And I think I, I'm, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to be clear. You're going to have to really go into detail for me or I'm not going to get it. So what's the song playing under this montage? Um, Careless Whisper, <laughs> but played on a recorder. <laughs> <laughs> because... It's really awkward for Alan to have to do this. Well, it's because that that version of it makes me feel safe. (laughs) I like that. You pick Careless Whisper in your head to try to make it like smoother for both of us. And because I'm also a part of this scenario, I make it a recorder. (laughs) Because that's the kind of music I understand. So uh, within Alan's Mind Palace, Robert, you suddenly, quickly, and surprisingly realize that you may be able to provide Merle with a good evening without having to have the sex with her that you were worried you would have to in a way that would still make you feel good because you're seeing to her needs, but would still make you feel comfortable. I thought sex had a lot more punching each other than I. Than you know it does. what? Your parents are pretty strange. You, you learned Lord. a good thing. And Alan, for years, you have assumed that everyone knows more than you about everything. Mm-hmm. And to your chagrin, but also to your credit... You realize that you actually know more about human sex than your buddy Bobbert. So I'm walking. I'm walking through <laughs> I like am a surprised. I'm walking through like a, a tour of the brothel in your mindscape, and everybody's doing it, and I find it like really intimidating. So I close my eyes and focus for a second, and when I open them again, they're all you just oh. doing those same things. <laughs> No. And I'm like, oh, this is, I was scared and now I feel safe. I immediately redirect to Quinny. Which you think you're doing, but two seconds later, it's you doing all of the sex stuff. And in between it, just like at random moments, is Quinny in his fuck harness, just like erotically dancing, looking at me. And I look at the sex and I'm scared. I look at Quinny and I feel safe. (laughs) And then there's just just Ranger like walks by dancing with a Swiss knife going, Draw me. Yeah, yeah, and I do. But inside Alan's mind palace. So I draw it and I finish and I go over to the wall and I hammer it into place, which is why if you look really closely in Alan's mind palace at all future times, there's a tiny drawing of a twist knot (laughs) just nailed somewhere in the image. It's hidden. It's like a Where's Waldo thing or it's like behind a book and in like a library shop, but somewhere it's there. I'm going to give that to you for one stress. (laughs) Oh, of course. I'm so on board. <laughs> Mind palace. You think you know where it's hiding, but it surprises you. <laughs> like, sometimes you'll just be like, ah, what a nice time. My wife house open a book. It'll just be a drawing with a twist. And I'm like, fuck. All right. So as you come stumbling out of the mind palace, Bobbert. And I float to the ground. You find Bryn with a hand out. And I take her hand and I kiss it. Was that fun, champ? <laughs> it wasn't not fun. And honestly, Bryn, that is literally the best review on a Yelp board that anyone has ever left to Shag Nasties. I just turned to Quinny. I put a hand on his shoulder and just say, I'm so sorry. What happened? What happened in there? Joblin Jr. comes over, puts a paw on your shoulder, and just licks the side of your face and just nods at you. Just happy. Everything's good, bud. What does everybody know that I don't know? And I walk over to Quinny and put a hand on his shoulder and I go, I get it now. Uh I just get it. What does that mean for you now in terms of laying with... Merle Street, are you going to actually do it or are you going to do it in her mind palace again? No, I got it. This is going to be great. Okay. She's going to be super into it. So tonight I'm going to go sex Merle Streep and you're going to sneak in and steal the painting, Bryn? Yes, I will come and steal it. Okay. I'll call the self-portrait people. Yeah. And then all the rest of the plan stays the same. Only now we go to the ceremony. I'll be the announcer. We'll fucking announce you. get some assurance. So we don't have a moonlight situation. Man, I did see that traveling play. And by I did, I mean, I went to Law & Order again. I've never seen well, moonlight. You know, <laughs> don't talk to him about moons either. He's in a hole. Yeah. He's in a bad That's place. Yeah. 
I thought it was about one thing and then it wasn't and that made me mad at the time, but I feel better about it now. Okay. Okay, to clarify, step one, Alan is going to use her newfound insight to create a fake soul stone. Quinny will then take that fake soul stone, throw it down one of the tubes in order to track it and find out where the soul stones are being held. Meanwhile, Brynn, with the help of Larry and Annan, will take one of the magic beans packed in essentially a seed grenade of loose dirt and throw it into one of the security scrying pools in the basement in order to cause chaos. Yeah, that'll be like a time delay. So she can set it up, we can do the ceremony, and then it goes boom, and then we fire Wait, everything who's Brynn going with? Sorry? Brynn, she's got Annan and Larry Annan. who work on staff so they can help her get okay. into the basement. Meanwhile, Quinny and Kalos are going to wait to figure out where the stone goes and then break into that magic room in order to steal back the Collect appropriate soul, soul stones. stones. Yes. Yep, in a perfect world, one of the planteers is with them. We've now realized freeing up Alan and we don't need the mind palace. Worst case scenario, Alan might end up there but we don't know what Alan's doing yet. Cool. Yeah. For the thiefies themselves, the current plan is that Bryn will attempt to locate and swap out the envelope with Merle's name in it for her own. Meanwhile, the portrait that will be stolen tonight will be used as leverage to attempt to get Bobbert in as the announcer, who will then open the envelope and announce Bryn creating kind of a two-step verification system that will be irrefutable, meaning Bryn will take the award, Morrow will be devastated. So with Thiefy in hand, the last remaining element is dealing with Reginald. Currently, the plan is to send the fire plant here against the Unseen Hand guards, leaving Reginald open for Bobbert to attack. Bobbert will duel and defeat Reginald, swap gear with him, poses Reginald, leave the Forsaken to take the heat for the heist while escaping with his friends aboard one of the airships, leaving Reginald to the justice of the Mirage. Is that correct? Yeah, Mirage, Planteers, mm -hmm. whoever. Great. So the evening is nearing its end. There's currently only one task left before the Day of the Thiefies. It's fucking Merle time. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, our special guest, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. So this is the end of the world. Pretty weird, right? I'm Hannah. I'm sure you've probably noticed by now. I'm a zombie. Might even be the last one. From the creator of Redmond Born and Cybernautica. I can't exactly control most of the things zombie me does. I'm basically what amounts to a backseat driver in my own body. You learn to kind of just go with it after a while, I think. Like, do I feel bad for eating a family of four when I was new? You bet. Not exactly my favorite memory. <laughs> Anna is living her best unlife while unknowingly being on a crash course with Callie, an explorer desperately seeking to leave her mark on an American wasteland that seems to be all out of new discoveries. Oh, one might say that it's the comics that got me into this, but between you and me, I'm gonna blame the McSodas. No sense in ruining everything I like in one day. Together, this unlikely pair team up against the dangers of post-apocalyptia. <sighs> This thing is not playing around at all. Shit, incoming! Sometimes I miss the old days. Killing zombies for upstart communities, now that was a lot more simple. A lot more ethical, too. Wouldn't you say so? Don't you think it's a little more ethical to kill a zombie than just some stranger on the road? Panapocalypse. A story about love, death, and robots. Just not the next time.